0: This is a reading from the book of Nehemiah. And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness, with thanksgiving, and with singing, with cymbals, harps, and lyres, and the sons of the singers gathered together from the districts surrounding Jerusalem and from the villages of the Nedophathites and also from Beth Gilgal and from the region of Jeba and Asmaveth, for the singers had built for themselves villages around Jerusalem. And the priests and the Levites purified themselves, and they purified the people and the gates and the wall. Then I brought the leaders of Judah up onto the wall and appointed two great choirs and gave thanks." one went to the south on the wall to the dung gate, and after them went Hoshiah and half of the leaders of Judah, and some with trumpets, and some with the musical instruments of David, the man of God. And Ezra the scribe went before them. At the fountain gate they went up straight before them by the stairs of the city of David, at the ascent of the wall, above the house of David, to the water gate on the east." The other choir of those who gave thanks went to the north, and I followed them with half of the people on the wall, above the tower of the ovens, to the broad wall, and above the gate of Ephraim, and by the gate of Yeshaniah, and by the fish gate and the tower of Hananel, and the tower of the hundred, to the sheep gate, and then came to a halt at the gate of the guard. So both choirs of those who gave thanks stood in the house of God, and I and half of the officials with me, and the priests with trumpets and others, and the singers sang with Jezraiah and all the lead, and their leader. And they offered great sacrifices that day and rejoiced, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. The women and children also rejoiced, and the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. This is the word of the Lord.
1: All right. Well, good morning, Drew. I need that, that binder in your arms there. That's my sermon notes. So <laughs> That's why I walked to this side of the room to grab it from the table. (laughs) Drew is, you know, he's here. Drew's here. On that note, before I begin, um, I just want to give it up to our setup team on Sunday mornings. Um, We have people who get here around 7.15, 7.30 every Sunday morning to prep. And this morning with the men's retreat happening, we had people everywhere and you guys are able to come and have church this morning. And so let's just give it up for our, all the team from Taylor and I came in last night. Drew rolled in second song, first service uh, to get started. The kids team setting up, the band, all those. um, It's just a, a joy to serve. And it's a joy to serve with, with, all of these people who are here. And so uh, we just like to celebrate from time to time. And our passage is all about celebration, if you just heard, this dedication of the wall. Um, but before we dive into the sermon, let me say a quick word of prayer, and uh, then we'll then we'll jump right in. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Um, God, I just pray that as I preach from your word, that your words would be mine or my word would, would be yours, Father, that your words would cut us to the heart and help us to be more and more like you. Wherever we are, wherever we go, whether it's in the church walls, in our homes, at schools, in our, in our job sites, Father, that wherever we go, that this passage today would help us to be more and more like you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So you can see the title of my sermon on the screens is Joy. And we'll talk about that a little more. We are in Nehemiah chapter 12. It's our last sermon in the sermon series of Nehemiah. So today we're going to talk about uh, Nehemiah 12, but we're really going to talk about ne- Nehemiah as a book, catch everybody up who has not been here, and really put, a, a, hopefully, a good bow on the end of this sermon series and do justice um, to the book of Nehemiah and God's word. Um, but before we dive in, I have a question What has been your favorite celebration? Maybe for you, maybe for someone else, what has been your favorite celebration that you've been a part of? I know for me, I have a lot of um, celebrations that have been great. I think one that was really good may not be the, the, the best, but it's definitely in the top. Um, I had some friends who were getting engaged back home. So this is before Kelsey and I got married, before we moved here. And I was talking with my friend and he was telling us his plan and what he was going to do. And he was like, well, we want to go to Cabin Lake. We've walked the trails there, which is a state park near where I'm from. Um, We want to walk the trails and want to end up at the end of this dock. And I'm going to get on one knee, pop the question at the end of the dock. And we're talking about how he's going to do that, how he's going to keep it a secret. But, and also how's he going to get a picture for that? So I was like, well, I have an idea. It's like, I like to hunt. I like to fish. And so I, got, I have a ghillie suit. Um, and if you know what a ghillie suit is, it's just a suit with leaves on it. And so you're supposed to blend into the brush. And um, I was like, I can, okay, just hear me out, friend. Okay. Hear me out, Aaron. Um, I can totally just put that on, hide in the woods and we'll be fine. I've waited for turkey and deer in this suit for a long time. I can wait however long you need. It'll be, it'll be perfect. It'll be fine. I'm not a photographer. I'm not Leah, okay, but we can get a picture. And so the day comes and I get the ghillie suit on and and uh, the the trail, how the trail worked, um, and I got there way earlier than I should have, um, just like hunting. And I get there and I'm just off the trail. The trail is probably where the podium is there, okay? So just off the trail. And um, the, the team that was in all this, not only did I get down and lay down, like the camera here, just right ready, They put some brush over me as well, and so I was, I was in there, and I was ready, and so I hear them coming. So you know, hours have probably passed. I hear them coming down the trail, and I'm like, oh gosh, hope they don't see me. And I can only imagine Aaron being like, dude, my friend's in a ghillie suit right off this trail here, and you know he can see me. He knows where I am, and I'm just hoping that Emily doesn't see. And uh, they make it to the end of the pier. And uh, I get the shot. You can see the picture up here. And you'll see into the pier, it's really blurry. It may not look blurry from back there, but it's pretty blurry. And you see the corner where it, the, it looks like there's something there? That's some leaves from the ghillie suit. <laughs> just kind of in the way. I, I just did the best I could. The trail worked perfect. It just curved and went right straight in. And so that it worked out. And so that was a, a good celebration for us and just kind of the whole process of that was very joyous uh, to take part in. I couldn't find the picture of where I was in my ghillie suit with them, um, but I found this one. So, well, I'll just, I should have preached in it today. <laughs> that's what I should have done. Um, but what makes celebration so good is the occasion. Like what you're celebrating makes celebrations celebratory, but also the people. And so that's what we see in our passage today in Nehemiah is that the occasion is awesome. It's a huge occasion that is fit for a celebration, but it's also the people who have come in. And it's the group of people who are there that makes that, that's what joy, that's where the joy is found. And so our big idea is that joy is the result of faithfulness and togetherness. And I did Google if togetherness was a word because I'm from Beulahville and it sounds like it's not a word, but it is a word. I double check. But joy is a result of faithfulness And togetherness—that's what we see when we celebrate. That's what Nehemiah and the people of Israel, God's people. That's what they saw here in Nehemiah and all throughout history. And uh, and so that's our big idea: joy is a result of faithfulness and togetherness. So our passage. And D.D., Dee Dee, you get, did a great job. You may have noticed some brackets with words like some and priest and stuff like that in the passage. There were a bunch of hard names in there that we omitted, not because they're not important, because they're hard to read. Um, and so, so I'm just going to stick with the last verse and then we'll go from there. Um, it says in Nehemiah 12:43, And they offered great sacrifices that day and rejoiced, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. The women and children also rejoiced, and the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. So here we are, the conclusion of Nehemiah, the, one of the last chapters here, and what do we see? We see this joy. We see joy five times in this passage, and we've arrived at a major celebration. So let's dive into our first point faithfulness. And again, we're going to talk about the broader book of Nehemiah this morning and tie it all in to this celebration. What are they celebrating and why are they celebrating? First point, faithfulness. You see Nehemiah early on in the book of Nehemiah, we see that uh, this guy is really, there's not much to him. He's a cupbearer, so he just gets to, to taste the cup before the king, just to make sure the king doesn't pass. And like, it's a Incredible job, um, but he's just a slave who is in the perfect position to talk to the king, to hear from the king. And we see that Nehemiah hears this news of Jerusalem, his hometown, this place where he um, knows that the people of God should be. And it's in ruins. The wall is torn down and he's moved with compassion. We actually read in one of the first books of Nehemiah, one of the first chapters, is that he sought the Lord for four months. We see over that time span, he fasted and prayed for four months. He was moved to so much compassion. And we see that even for Nehemiah, as he approaches the king one day to, to serve him as usual, the king notices that he's sad, that he's overwhelmed with something, and the king asks him, hey, what's going on? And Nehemiah Again, we heard from, from, I think Pastor Paul preached that message of where even just approaching the king in this uh, demeanor could have been the end of Nehemiah, let alone asking what he asked, which was, Hey, king, here's what's happening over here. Here's what's happening to my, to my people, to my city. Can I go and help rebuild? And the king, instead of ending him there, was also moved and allowed Nehemiah to go. And so we see the faithfulness of Nehemiah to start with, how he was moved to compassion, felt this call from God, and he went for it. He risked his life. We see Nehemiah before opposition. We see that on his journey, he prepared well. And so he had notes written from King Artaxerxes to say, hey, I can be here. You can't do anything to me. You can't touch me. If you do, the King's coming for you. And so he prepared well, but. Even though he had planned, there was still opposition. How true is that for us? We can be so well planned and yet things can still be tough. But when opposition came, he was ready. He stayed faithful to his purpose no matter who came against him, no matter what people came against him. We see that the people were there to work in the fight. When Drew uh, preached this message, because of the opposition, I was hoping that Drew would bring up some, some, uh, some uh, a brick and a sword to just preach his message like this. Because we read in the passage that they were building all the while they were ready for a fight. They were doing the work, yet they were ready for a fight because it could happen at any time. And the people were faithful. This wasn't They didn't have the direct call from God. They were following the leadership of Nehemiah and they were faithful to the leader. They were faithful to the greater call, the greater purpose. And we see that they all join in together in there and they were faithful to the call. And then we see here or in chapter seven, really, the wall is finished. So we're in chapter 12. The wall was finished in chapter seven. In the chapters in between that, we see Ezra come in and they read the word of the law and they recenter and uh, refocus their lives on Christ. They dedicate, they're dedicating this wall, they're dedicating the city back to the Lord. They're being faithful, they're coming back. Kent Hughes has this quote. He says, "'A place of ministry for God is not built "'for the glory of the builders,' Though they deserve the thanks before the glory of God and the extension of his kingdom. Here's what the people realize: that their faithfulness to complete the work was only made possible due to God's faithfulness from the very beginning. God's faithfulness was first. Today we're able to celebrate, we're able to have joy because God has been working from the very beginning to work things and to make a way for us, to make a way for you. Now, we don't read about Jesus in Nehemiah. We don't see him in the book of Nehemiah, but we know that all of Scripture points to Jesus. And it points to Jesus in this, is that Jesus came through his death, death, life, and resurrection to to make it possible for us to have life. You see, Jesus' faithfulness, Christ's faithfulness is what allows us to live today. In John 10.10, we see that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Christ has come to give us life and life to the full. In Nehemiah 9.33, check out what they say. Yet you have been righteous, talking about God, you have been righteous in all that has come upon us, for you have dealt faithfully and we have acted wickedly. God's faithfulness was there even when they were wicked. He's been there the whole time. And that points us to the New Testament where in Romans 5, 8, we read, but God chose his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's been faithful from the very beginning. And that's something we can place our hope in. That's something we can find joy in. It starts with God and it ends with God's faithfulness. And so when we talk about this faithfulness, Yes, we see the faithfulness of Nehemiah and the people all throughout this story, but their faithfulness is only made possible through the faithfulness of God. And ours today, our faithfulness today is only made possible through the faithfulness of Christ. It starts with Christ. He's been there all along. Point number two, togetherness, togetherness. Again, back to the beginning of the story, we see the people trust Nehemiah's leadership. We see that Nehemiah has a plan. It started out solo, this solo mission between him and the king. And then he took some of the king's men to the city. He did some due diligence. He scoped it out. And then he uh, shared the vision with everyone. And the people joined in. They trusted Nehemiah's leadership. They came together for a common goal. They came together for a common vision to do and to work See, they work on the wall together. Think about the celebration. Think about what is happening in Nehemiah 12 here today. They're walking around the walls, celebrating, dedicating. Imagine the family who helped put this brick here, who helped form and shape this wall here. Imagine the joy they get whenever the enemy, the opposition was like, hey, this will never last. If a fox gets up here, the wall's going to crumble. And yet we see the people of God walking on the walls together celebrating. They helped to build this. We see they fight together. They had, their, they, they had each other's backs. They were ready for what was coming. And then we see here in our passage, they're celebrating together. And in our passage, not only is it just the people who were building the wall, we see in kind of the, those chapters before chapter 12, over 40,000 people came to town to celebrate what God had been doing, what the people of God had been doing. They were celebrating together. You see here in Nehemiah 12, as they're expressing great joy through their hard work and because of God's faithfulness, but there's more to the story than just a party. There's more to the story than just dedicating a wall. There's more to the story. It's not just going to end in a few days. It's not just going to die out. And our verse says, everyone joined together. There were men, women, children, people from afar. God had bigger plans than rebuilding a wall and city. That's all we've been reading about is building a wall and city. But he was in the process of rebuilding a people God had bigger plans than rebuilding a wall and city. He was in the process of rebuilding a people. As I was studying different commentaries, preparing for this message today, almost half of them pointed back to Psalm 48. As I read Psalm 48, as you look and read Psalm 48, listen to the similarities and how these two relate. Psalm 48, 12 through 14 reads this. Walk about Zion, Go around her, number her towers, consider well her ramparts, go through the citadels that you may tell the next generation that this is God, our God forever and ever. He will guide us forever. God had bigger plans than rebuilding a wall in a city. He was in the process of rebuilding a people, not just those people, not just in that context at that time of history, He was in the process of building a people that would last generations and generations and generations. So here's the application question. What do we do with this passage? Do we just go throw a party? Maybe. God's done a lot of good things in our lives that we should celebrate, that we should throw parties for. But what else can we do with this? So here's my question. How are you as these people, as the people of Nehemiah, rebuilt the walls, reset up the city, re-centered their lives to Christ for the purpose of sharing generations from this place. Hey, now we have a permanent place. Our city's back up that we can tell the story of God. We can tell of his faithfulness. How are you sharing your faithfulness of God and the importance of Christ-centered community with the next generation and with those around you? How are you sharing your experience of the faithfulness of God and the importance of togetherness with those around you and specifically the next generation. See, we have these jars on stage. If you've been here the past couple weeks, you've seen them in the lobby, but I want you to look at them in two different ways today. First, just in general for everyone in the room, I want you to see this just as your life and the days in your life. You start with a lot and they get smaller and smaller and smaller. Your days go down. Now again, or maybe not again, but let me just share... This isn't meant to be a downer, okay? Hey, this is a weird ending to your message here. Really, really joyous. Um, This isn't meant to be a downer. It's just meant to give you a healthy perspective and place a healthy weight on the reality of life and the reality of the number of our days. In Psalm 90, verse 12, it says, "'So teach us to number our days "'that we may get a heart of wisdom.'" The people in Nehemiah's day took on this big task in order. The ultimate purpose is to share God's goodness, faithfulness, and togetherness with the people so they could live in joy in this full life that God had promised. And so have, are you making your days count? As your days go on, as they pass by, have you made your days count? Are you making today count, tomorrow count? And the good news of Jesus which we're going to go into in communion is that even if you wasted all of these, God is just as faithful in these. He'll forgive you, make you new, give you new purpose, new hope, new joy. Are you making your days count so that the people around you and the generation under you knows God's goodness and faithfulness so that they won't forget it? Here's the other way I want you to look at these jars. Again, behind, you saw these in the lobby in our kids and our students' ministry, kind of our family ministry abroad, we, we do a lot of stuff through the filter of what's called the phase project. The phase project is this, this saying, these people have come together and you, you've heard the phrase before, it's just a phase. Normally that's in a negative way. Hey, it's just a phase, like they'll be on, they'll, they'll get past this. Their whole point is it's just a phase, so let's make it count. It's just a phase, so don't miss it. Let's take advantage of it. And so these jars, and I counted all of these pebbles one day, annoyed all the, 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 our coworkers here, um, counting these jars and dropping them in the jar. Um, this represents the weeks that your kids have from kindergarten to 17. And when they leave your house at 18, they have 52 left. I can't remember the number in the others. Don't have my cheat sheet up here. This is the weeks your kids have from kindergarten to 17 until they leave your house. And again, this isn't meant to be a downer. It should be this healthy weight, this healthy sense of, man, we got, we got some work to do. And the good news is that God is with you. We just talked about God's faithfulness. He's been with you all throughout. And if you're like, man, I really, like these days of my kids' lives to kind of pass by and I wasn't super intentional. God can redeem these days. God can redeem, God can work, God can make new and that's the good news and that's a good hope. And so I hope as you see this, you feel this healthy weight, this healthy responsibility, this healthy urgency of this matters. And the good news is God is there to help, that the church is here to help. The church is like that city that they rebuilt, there to be a permanent place to help so that all could hear. We read at the end of verse 43 that even outside of Jerusalem come here. hear. That's who we want to be. So teach us to number our days so that we may get a heart of wisdom. God's been faithful all along. He's been with us all along. He's been together with us in our story from day one, even before, from the beginning of time to now and to the future. May we find joy in Him. Joy is the result of faithfulness and togetherness with God and with others. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you came to be with us, that you've had a plan all along, and that no matter how much we've messed it up, no matter how much we've screwed it up, no matter how wicked we've been, like the people in Nehemiah's day, that you meet us in our wickedness. You meet us in our mess and you redeem that. You make new. You forgive us. You give us new hope, new purpose, new joy. So God, may we rest in you. May we have that healthy weight of responsibility of, God, I need to to make my days matter. Yet we know who holds our days. And that's you. So God, may we rest in you as we work to share your your message with those around us. God, we love you, we thank you. It's in your name we pray, amen.